Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. The one that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's Easter special, episode 137, Living with the Passion of the Christ. And it's my intention to help you do just that. Take time to download one of the Soul H2O journal pages during the first music pick song to help you dive deep into the teaching segment. Record the scriptures mentioned during the show and look up the verses later. Record what God speaks to you and let us know the impact to your heart. Journal pages can be found on show notes at soulh2o.com slash 137, where you'll find scripture graphics or anything else mentioned in the show. After the first music pick song, we'll dive into today's Soul H2O devotion. But for now, listen to Cody Carn singing, Ain't Nobody Love Me Like Jesus. I got a story. Palm Sunday is this fun, celebratory time when we remember the day Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on a high note because the people loved him. He'd just recently raised Lazarus from the dead after four days in the grave, signifying to the people of Israel that Jesus was not just any rabbi or prophet, but the Messiah. If it were today, I'm sure Jesus' Instagram account would break Portuguese footballer Cristiano Ronaldo's record for the most Instagram followers. Everyone wanted to be around Jesus, and his discipleship following was the Mediterranean in-crowd. John 12, 9-13 tells about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It says the next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. The synagogue leaders didn't like this. It was taking away from their popularity. Growing up, we moved a lot. That innately has its own set of benefits and drawbacks. On the positive side, I have lots of friends all over Southern Ontario. On the not-so-positive side, I remember one year where I had lots of friends and things were going well when a strange event turned my world upside down. My dad had started up a secondary car lot by this time for luxury car models. He got in a Corvette pace car in stock and drove my sister and I to school in the new ride. For all of you reading this who were born before 1980, the story is already sounding a little strange. I mean, who drives two children to school in a car that doesn't even have a back seat? Well, people did that in the 70s. I rode in the back window since there wasn't a back seat, not even a seatbelt, feeling super cool as I got out and the growing crowd of kids who began to swarm hearing the Corvette motor. As I crawled out, I started hearing things like, nice car. Wow, you're so lucky. I thought for sure this would solidify my position with the cool crowd, but it brought about the exact opposite. Jealousy erupted in some of the kids. They began calling me rich girl and other names you don't often say on a Christian show. 
by the afternoon recess. I thought for sure this would solidify my position with the cool crowd, but it brought about the exact opposite. Jealousy erupted in some of the kids. They began calling me rich girl and other names you don't often say on a Christian show. By the afternoon recess, a girl who was my friend began shoving me as onlookers gathered with the taunts of fight her, fight her. With no time, this angry friend of mine was on top of me, shoving snow in my face. Yes, two kids to school, in a Corvette, in the winter. Again, the 1970s. In her rage, she kept stuffing snow in my face, in my mouth and nose to the point that I couldn't breathe. I wish I could tell you that I simply pushed her off and ran to get a teacher for help, but I didn't. Gasping for air, the fight-or-flight instinct riled up inside of me, resulting in my one and only physical fight. Not a proud moment. Needless to say, this did not help me to gain friends and influence others. All joking aside, this experience really affected me, and the same feelings get stirred up again when people seem to find pleasure in putting me down. It can be a struggle to understand how somebody can one moment be your friend family member, co-worker, or neighbor, and the next to be causing you to struggle for breath, but often in a different way than my experience on the playground. I'm glad Jesus gets the tough stuff you and I face. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he didn't sin. You know, sin, like how I retaliated and joined in a fight hurting someone else. Yeah, Jesus wouldn't do that. Isaiah told of how the coming Messiah would be a man of sorrow, saying he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Jesus gets it. He understands hurt. He's felt the sting of betrayal. He's had it much worse. One translation words this verse as, he was like someone people turned away from. Oh, how it hurts to be that someone. As Jesus entered the Passover-filled streets of Jerusalem on that fateful day, people waved palm branches and cheered, raising their voices in worship. They declared him the king and laid down their coats to honor him as their Lord, shouting Hosanna in the highest for all to hear. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man that Jesus had recently raised from the dead. In Luke's retelling of Jesus' journey into Jerusalem, for this last time, he explains that when Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. On his way into Jerusalem during Passion Week, while people were forming massive crowds around him, waving palm branches and cheering him as the king, Jesus was heartbroken over how the people of Jerusalem were going to reject him. Jerusalem, the most religious of cities, was full of rules, rituals, and regulations, yet their lack of faith in God brought Jesus to tears. Their wavering hearts, who love the miracles, but not the messages— 
The father and son were doing everything to reach the people and show them God's love. But Jesus knew their adoration wouldn't last. Unlike his, their love was fickle. At this moment, you can see how passionately Jesus loved people. Like Romeo and Juliet's love for each other, Jesus' love made him willing to die for us. This deep love caused Jesus to passionately pursue going to the cross with all its suffering and shame. Nothing and no one could stop him from fulfilling his mission to restore us into a right relationship with the Father. His passion to reach the world caused him to push past the knowledge that this adoring crowd would soon become a heckling horde. By the Tuesday of Passion Week, just two days after his triumphal entry, where people were praising him and declaring him the Messiah, the leading priests had set a crucifixion plan in motion. John 12, 12 to 13 tells us that when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead, Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many believed and had deserted them and believed in Jesus. Too quickly, those cheers began turning into jeers. As the Pharisees spread their toxic hatred for Jesus, the Savior of the world, with mocking words like, Hail the King of the Jews, culminating into cries of, Crucify him! Some church art has painted Jesus in a way that would make him unrecognizable to himself. Beyond the issues of depicting this Jewish man as Euro-Jesus with blonde hair, blue eyes, and fair skin, as Chinese Jesus wearing the Fu Manchu mustache, or as black Jesus with a much deeper tan than a Jewish man would have, I wonder if he gets tired of us always trying to make him like us when he was so much more. The problem I really have is with all the halos around Jesus' head, no matter the skin tone depicted, it makes Jesus seem surreal, not human, like superheroish, able to fly over tall buildings unscathed by the horrible circumstances the world was experiencing below. But that's not how scripture depicts Jesus. In the garden, just before the crucifixion, John quotes Jesus as saying, Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour, but for this very reason I came. It hurt Jesus when people rejected him and wanted to attack him. He felt the same anguish you feel when others hurt you, and that's why Jesus is able to deal gently with us when we're broken. When friendship turns cold or the love once freely given, they now withhold. So, if you ever find yourself in a place where cheers have turned into jeers, turn to Jesus. He understands and He cares. He gets it. Like a soldier with no armor in the middle of the bell, Christ came. Spring is all about new beginnings, and My Joy Radio app is no exception. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream, where you can hear powerful messages from the ministries you love right on your smartphone. So whether you're spring cleaning or just enjoying the sound of rain, be uplifted with the My Joy Radio app. Hallelujah. Download My Joy Radio app today and enjoy the healing of spring. Joy Radio, wherever you are. 
Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. I always feel awkward saying we celebrate Good Friday. I think it's better to say we remember Good Friday and leave the celebrating for Easter Sunday. Good Friday always leaves me feeling overwhelmed with emotion. Why would a perfect, sinless man give his life for mine, for yours? And why do we call the day that he gave up his life Good Friday? Because it was anything but good in the natural. In the natural, it brought pain, humiliation, confusion to his followers, and death. But in the spirit, it brought life, eternal life. As we take time to remember Jesus' triumph over suffering, betrayal, and death, we also remember His resurrection. But on Good Friday, we especially take time to remember His death, His willing sacrifice, His life for yours and mine. By the time Jesus offered His body on the cross, He had already given up so much for us. Jesus' first sacrifice was leaving heaven to come down to earth. He left the most perfect place of complete unity to experience ultimate rejection, a position of power, to acquiesce His rights, ruling as King, to serve as the Savior, even washing the feet of others. Jesus gave extravagantly, even before he went to the cross. I'm overwhelmed by thinking of all Jesus endured to provide complete salvation for my sin and yours. I really don't understand it. I struggle to comprehend how my life was worth the cost, but it was to him. To Jesus, your life was worth the sacrifice. And what a sacrifice it was. Jesus willingly gave himself up, allowing them to beat, mock, disfigure, and eventually crucify his body on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins. A few years ago, my husband Todd created a piece of art that hit me powerfully, and I hope it does the same for you. It was one of those pieces he felt God inspiring him to create. I know this isn't the best thing to describe art on air, but I'm hoping I can help it come alive. And when you get the chance, you go on the show notes to see the actual art at soulh2o.com slash 137. The art is contained within a rectangle. At the center of the rectangle is a cross made out of the number seven written over and over into the shape of a cross. Hanging on that cross is a number seven made out of what looks like stained or broken glass with rings wrapping around the right side. Topping the seven hanging on the cross is a crown fit for a king. At the bottom of the cross is a lion head with leaves out each side. Back on top, coming out from each side of the crown, are what look like to be ribbons at the first glance, but they're arrows at each end. The left arrow going down and the right arrow going up, connecting the crown to the lion. Todd said that during this sketch stage, God gave him a few key elements to combine that would create a strong visual of who Christ is. He shared how the crown and arrow depict Jesus' identity as the King of Kings who came down from heaven and holds all authority. The lion depicts Jesus as John described him in Revelation 5.5 that says, See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. 
He's not just a roaring lion, but a victorious one. The framework of the cross is comprised of the word seven in various sizes. Next, Todd said the number seven on the cross has double meaning. The fact we all have individual, various stories and backgrounds is the reason why I drew the body of Christ as number seven in mosaic pieces. No two are the same. But it also represents how Jesus' body was broken for us to bring salvation. The number seven is found 735 times within the Bible. Seven in Jewish culture is the number of completeness, fullness, rest, blessing, victory, and perfection. Let that one sink in. The rings symbolize love, favor, authority, and affirmation. They also represent that by his stripes, his woundings, we're healed from our sin and sorrows. The last item on arrow going up reminds us that Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. He's now sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father, praying for you. All aspects of this art are symbolic and powerful, but number seven hanging on the cross makes the strongest statement This artwork conveys the power, perfection, completeness, and victory in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as the image of Christ is represented in the number seven. And Jesus did all of this for you. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reminds us that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that in Him you might become the righteousness of God. The reason you can be confident in your salvation, in the hope of heaven, is because of Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. Because Jesus died on the cross, paid for every mistake you've ever made or will make. God loves you so much that as the Father was willing to let His Son leave home, Jesus, the Son, was willing to die. And as a believer, the same Spirit that lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead. All His power, all His authority, all His love resides in you. It overwhelms me with sadness and with joy. As you go about this Easter season, visiting family, going to church, taking it easy, or painting eggs with the children, may the reality of what Jesus did for you awaken something deep inside of you. Jesus died to give you life and life more abundantly. When you read how Jesus lived and loved, doesn't it make you want to follow suit? Don't live life with a get by, I'm taking care of myself mentality. I challenge you to live with passion and reach the world with the love of Christ. This Easter, let the passion of the Christ renew your passion to love and serve Him more. 
From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 137, Living with the Passion of the Christ. Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics and Todd's seven art at soulh2o.com slash 137. I hope you'll rate and share this episode with your friends and family to help spread the word about Soul H2O and come back next week as we talk about the gift of the unexpected with advocate and author Jillian Benfield. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed and have the most wonderful Easter holiday. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.